Welcome to Story Arc, Episode 6. This is a podcast where I develop story arcs with the help of guests and you, the audience, in the Fey Realms universe. I'm Trevor Sutton, and this is my returning guest, Sarah Sutton. Let's create! And we're good. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's continue, shall we? Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> so last time, you guys, I love that you figured out the, the plot line of this. It works so well. I'm so excited about this boy who got kidnapped by Tatiana, and I love um, the interrogator. Um, I don't know if he has a name yet or not, but he is also fantastic. Marshall. So, Ruby, uh, his name is Marshall? Mar- Ruby said Marshall, and I said, well, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll take that into consideration for tentatively I, Marshall, but gonna... uh, we just ran into an issue, though. Oh. I just realized we ran into an issue, because I've got every time we introduce a character and their plot line, I, I kind of go through everything and figure out if everything works. So the issue with Marshall so far, or the interrogator, um, is Tatiana has been a raven and in the Earth realm for centuries, because she got put oh, there. Okay. You see what you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, he can't have just popped over um, because he would have been kidnapped from like the freaking Roman Empire or something because it was so long ago. Exactly. Or I think pre uh, pre colonial Americas. I think is is uh, around there. Okay. So, I mean, so you've got a couple different options, right? You've either got the option of, because time passes in the Fey realm differently than here on Earth. So that's one huge, huge thing. So uh, in the Fey realm, I think... I think he could have been kidnapped from back then. Yeah, and then through the time, um, you'd have to figure out whether or not it goes faster here or faster there. I think typically it's supposed to go faster there so that not as much time passes here, but I can't remember. You can do whatever you want. It might be that she just – she doesn't even worry about that. She just dips into whatever time zone because she doesn't want these kids being figured out. They're just going to be orphans, and she doesn't want to mess with anything. So it could be that these – she doesn't even care what time she returns them. She just randomly goes to a time. Right. Well, then they have time traveling abilities, and I don't know if you want to mess with that. That's just too much to. I think what you should do, and a, a really good option for that might be, is after Tatiana is overthrown and kicked out, all of these kids are still in her little playroom, and Oberon taking over as king is just like, oh, what do I? I don't give a crap about freaking kids. Let's go ahead and just wipe the memories and kick them out, and he doesn't care. So he kicks them out, and this one kid either escapes. And doesn't get his memory wiped. You did it right there. That was perfect. Exactly oh, okay. what we needed to do. That's that, yeah. that, 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 was, that. That's exactly what I needed. That was perfect. Because <laughs> <Hey. laughs> so, that, what that'll do too, because like I said, he remembers. I think it's going to be cloudy or very distant. Right. Because I, I don't know if I want him returning to see if he can save Tatiana because maybe he's worried about his mother because that's his right. mother figure. He's kidnapped as a baby. And then during that time of uh, – of, you know, king, queen, change, and strife over there. He remembered, like, oh, you know, some really bad stuff happened, and this dude picked me up and tossed me over in this orphanage, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, he could be either worried about her, or maybe he wants to seek revenge on Oberon, or maybe, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff we can throw in there. Just to, right, right. to twist stuff around. And then when he gets back over there, Queen Tatiana's like, no, I just kind of kept you as a pet. Right, right. Because I would really love for him to have this, like, utter obsession with her because he's got memories. And, I mean, obviously the memories were all very drugged and child adoration, and he never really grew out of it. Yeah. And so he does all of these things. He's like, I killed people for you. I did everything for you. I, ripped, I ripped the world apart for you. And she's like, oh. Cool. And this turns him into some kind of super evil bad guy. Yeah, and it just drives him insane, like more insane than than. Oof. Yeah, well, no, I love it. And then one of the things we discussed about his ability, his power, is that um, if you think uh, in the last podcast I briefly went over, uh, if you think of the ability as water and the fey as fish, and mm-hmm. then and then humans, the only thing they can because they can't their interaction with this ability is so small, and so it's, it's basically like humans drinking water. They really don't see any. You know, they're coming at the, the, the magic and as a different perspective. Well, all of a sudden, now they're using it to make electricity and as a, as a simile. They're, they're using the magic in such different ways that the Fae don't understand, and, and, and maybe they're able to step out of it so their magic can't affect them. So this dude – do you see what I'm saying? It, maybe yeah. you look at it from a different point of view, and this dude is able to maybe step out of the, the magic itself and, and become completely invulnerable to it. Because of his interaction or what, or whatever, because of his, 
this ability or ability to sense it so he knows where maybe he can see pockets or maybe he can distort pockets of you know right. of of this this magic and get out of it yeah and he's our our detection guy right so he's yes. the one who can pick it up and maybe that's because he's lived in that world for so long he fully he can sense he can it. sense it he because he's been around it for so long like you said it's like it's like becoming a fish for a while. You know, as soon as you see that magic, feel that magic you used to live in, you immediately pick it up. Yeah. That's, I know I like that. That's a, that's a really interesting idea, I think. And yeah. His, yeah. His ability is, is not, is not an uploading thing. He doesn't tell the magic what to do. He senses the magic. So he can sense things. He can, and in turn that ups certain abilities. So I think with his lie detection, it'll be kind of like an EKG reader. When he hears or does something with other people, it almost gives off a tone. So if, a, if he's talking to a girl, for instance, he'll know if the, she's attracted to him because of certain tonalities that he senses. I don't know if, uh, maybe he tastes something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the point is he senses the magic and everything else. And that's his ability as a sense yeah right right and i mean so he he's normal in every other aspect besides that he's intelligent enough to realize how to use this this ability he's gained simply from living in that other world and remembering it yes so so glamour doesn't work on him then right no not not one bit Okay, very cool. Yeah, which means he can go through and look at that dude's newspaper and maybe yeah. and not, you know, and, and know and understand certain things, you know. And then on top of that, but like I said, there's drawbacks to this. The food doesn't taste good. Life isn't, everything's bland to him. Poor guy, like I feel so bad for this guy, you know. It's always one of, like, I love the, the story of a, of a character that has just had the worst of it. But then at the same time, you were also... You know, they turn into the villain because they've taken this horrible experience that they've been through and they don't redeem themselves. They just kind of say, well, it happened to me, so I'm just going to do it to other people because, you know, this is how it goes. <laughs> well, it's and, – and yeah, yeah. Though the, the, we've got to have driving forces behind things. There's got to be there's got to be reason for hardships or, right. you know, or whatever. And, and people make those choices. So in this instance, um, okay – there's okay. We have Parker, so I think what we're gonna have, to do, what we're gonna do with uh, Marshall the interrogator is he's gonna be in the backgrounds running things. I mean, as far as the audience knows, they're not gonna know what's going on, but he's gonna cause and do certain things because he's able to see the newspaper, so he knows certain events that are gonna happen. Maybe he can put uh, Parker and Emily and Piper and and uh, Addison in the way of certain harms to put her in an emotional state to trigger her ability so that she'll port to the fey realm and and that's that's his whole goal here okay and he's really right. honed in on her because of that and that's that's going to be our driving force to really drive the story on to more than just oh I have an ability and I like to do art no, I, I love it. I love it. So the, the thing that I'm really attaching to right now is this idea of him wanting to do this thing for him eventually. So he sees that she can teleport. He has no idea of the, the grasp or the range she has of it. So his ultimate goal is to get her as developed as possible with this power in hopes that he can simply describe. Because, um, I mean, obviously, he doesn't have pictures of the Fey realm, right? Memories, How but that's is he, it. Right. So how is he? So he needs to figure out how to get her developed as quickly as possible to a level to where she can transport to places she's never seen before now. And so that's his that's going to be a real difficult thing for him to figure out. So he needs to put her in situations to test every ability that she has. And, you know, as time goes on, you've already talked about how she goes from drawing something and ripping it in half to, to do it to eventually not even needing pencil and paper, which I want to touch on for a second, because I, I don't. I don't like the idea of her losing this element of this drawing, okay. um, but um, I'll come back to that in a second. So he has to appear as friendly as possible, and maybe he has to do things that make, like, for her so that he... He needs to be able to manipulate her. He needs to build rapport in a certain sense so that she'll want to do stuff for him. So there's a couple things that we can do here. Either A, uh, he can... Maybe he can look into the route of, oh, I want to try and make her fall in love with me, but realizes that her boyfriend Matthew is, is there, and that's not that's probably not going to be a way. Uh, yeah, I don't like that angle because I mean I imagine that's an older man anyway, so I don't imagine not like not like forties or fifties or anything, but definitely older um, in terms of like, you know, this isn't this isn't a relationship to where he even cares about that, you know, and he I mean, cares he about not, exactly he cares about nothing. So and so he can't get any kind of any kind of pleasure out of life. I feel like he would come across as the most 
like a sexual person ever. You know what I mean? He would have no interest in what she looked like or anybody looked like or what food was. It smells nothing. He's just constantly got just a, uh, what is it called? A poker face on. He just doesn't care. You know what I mean? So I think his, the only time you ever see him excited is when he's around Addison. And even that is just like this kind of strange little boyish glint in his eye. You know what I mean? Like I want that child that I want this, this childhood experience of him being in the Feylands and then getting kicked out or whatever to traumatize him so that when he does get excited, he reverts back to that child. He was in that playroom with Tatiana. She's the first time. She's the first time in a long time that he's had hope. Yeah. And that's what he sees. And that's why he acts that way around her. So he wants to be a guiding force, a friend, anything he can, because that is right. I'm basically right now, as far as he's concerned, the only time he gets joy in life is being around Addison because he has a chance uh, and a, uh, he has hope of getting back to the Fey realm. And that that kind of – I think he he's going to be in theater. Uh, that's going to be his, his art thing okay. he's there at the school well, for. Perfect. Because that goes in line with manipulation and acting and all the other stuff. Um, so as far as that goes, he's going to know he needs to act a certain way and do certain stuff, and if he pushes – if he pushes too hard, he doesn't want to look desperate or anything else. So he knows he's going to need to be maybe not a mentor or not a not a friend, but something else. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. There's got to be a way that he can manipulate her so that she trusts him in a certain way to a certain extent. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe maybe, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just wants to put her in, in manipulated situations to get her to, to create a portal to go to the Fey Realm. And he needs to be near her during that instant when she finally does that. And that's a... I mean, that's a hell of a feat to get through. That's something. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he'd have to feed her specific information to get back there anyway. So she, they would have to be close enough that she trusts him to enough that she believes that what he's saying is true. And like, so, okay, here's what we need to figure out. How does she meet him? Um, what is their relationship going to be? What scenarios is he going to set up to further and help her powers, either from the background or up close and personal? And then finally, what scenario is he going to tell her that needs to happen to get him back to the Fey Realms? He can't say, hey, take me back to my nursery where I was kidnapped as a child, please. You know, he has to say, hey, somebody's in danger. The only way for you to save them is to do what I tell you now. Yeah. So maybe something happens to one of these other characters that she cares about or her parents get kidnapped. He says, I know who did it. I'll tell you exactly how to get there, but you have to test your powers, you know, and that's and so he has to become either a desperate source or a trusted source. Either someone she believes wholeheartedly and therefore will trust him to do this or someone who she doesn't really trust at all. But she has no choice because he's the only one who knows enough to help her. And that, so he has to be either a last resort or very close. And it's tough because she's got a lot of people who are close to her. And if we throw another one in there, it starts to muddy the waters a bit or make her look very naive. No, no, I agree. I agree with you. Um, And I like this idea of him pushing the blame on Oberon somehow. Ooh, okay. You get what I'm saying? Because Oberon kicked him out of there. So maybe his whole thing is he thinks Tatiana's in trouble and he wants to go back there and save her. Because he got pulled out of the nurse, out of the, the fairy nursery and kicked out by Oberon or some of his goons. Maybe he was there for a while. You know what I mean? Because yeah. she got kicked over here. Time does, maybe time does happen a little slower or faster over there. And he was there for a while in yeah. that nursery and then got kicked over here as, uh, right. as whatever. And so he says, well, I got to get back there. I got to go save Tatiana. I got to do this. And when he gets back there, he's going to find out she's back with him. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is that he doesn't realize that by the time, cause time is slow there and they can choose to, to slow down these children lives anyway, to keep them a certain age. So maybe he was a favorite for a while, Yeah. but he didn't realize or really know, or maybe he just didn't believe that he would ever be, removed from that area because well, all he wouldn't the even think of it as a, as a child he wouldn't even think of that he, right, and that'd be right. one of the reasons why i mean maybe that's a kind of like a final kindness from tatiana is that that memory removal because that way they're not they don't remember about the food so nothing's bland they can regrow up as a child you know yeah it's, it's a it's a final kindness which is true because i mean can you imagine if you went to this perfect fairyland where like all these magical things were real and then you were dumped back in an orphanage and just life was terrible. So it's it's interesting because this thing that Tatiana has is both a selfish, you know, uncaring thing 
and a very kind thing. Um, maybe, in yeah, its own way. So, I mean. it's, yeah, well, it's strange because, I mean, you know, while the kids are there, they're just catered after and spoiled and just kept in the most magnificent thing. You know, they're the, these precious treasures. But as soon as, you know, she grows tired of them, they're gone. And she still looks after them one last time by erasing their memories and allowing them to kind of not be scarred by the experience. But at the same time, maybe after she does that, she just completely forgets about them because – they, you know, were a blip in her timeline. Well, I did. I, I did my thing. I made sure they were okay. They, they went back to a, uh, some sort of family and were taken care of. I don't feel bad about this. I don't remember anymore. You know, it's just that's what I, I compared it to uh, to puppy syndrome. People oh, people get a puppy uh-huh. and they like it, and then they put it in the orphanage, and they're like done with it. And they don't. Most people don't. Even, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I had a puppy for a while, but they don't think about it. You know, and that's and that's what these that's what these kids are going to be to her. These little puppies that she likes keeping around. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. And I love, ah, oh, man, this guy, this guy's going to have so many psychological issues going on that I think is, is just perfect. You know, it would be, it would be neat for Emily to uh, encounter him a couple times because, let's see, so Emily is a psychologist. Maybe Emily dates him and that's one reason why he keeps coming into their circle. Well, so that might be, but they don't seem compatible at all. She's she's off the wall. She's weird. And he literally does not care. So what I'm thinking is, is that he is the freaking star of this theatric um, group or whatever. So Emily works backstage, right? As uh, Addison. Yeah. So she does his makeup and he is the star and he's like, I am the best freaking actor ever. And he's super flamboyant and he does every role perfectly. But then if you ever talk to him outside of it, he literally drops the role and he just goes, yeah. So maybe, but maybe that's why he's so good at acting is because he's doing it constantly. And only when he actually like, because, you know, maybe you see him at a party or something and he's just like, yes, whatever. I don't care about you. I'm too important. Um, but then when he meets Addison, he starts showing her attention and all the other girls are mad about it. His actual, his actual personality actually comes through, not yeah. this fake facade that everybody else sees. And all of a yeah. sudden, oh man, he's got a following of women because he's literally an actor yeah. there, a star. Yeah, exactly. And that's maybe she, but so I still need to, we, we need to figure out how Addison and him, um, I mean, obviously he can see through the glamour. So as soon as he sees her, and maybe she's working with Emily one day, and he they can end see up her ability on- too. And he he starts to pay attention to her, which drives all his fans just freaking bonkers. And she doesn't understand why. And she's like, okay, that's that's strange, but not. So he and she thinks that he's just being nice because he's not hitting on her. He just always makes a point to talk to her. And all the other fans are going nuts, and she she never felt threatened by it because she never felt like he was being, you know, creepy. Yeah. And they become just, you know, in a general friends. acquaintance. They become good friends. Like yeah, an actual... but like, we got to be careful because she's got these two girlfriends. Piper's already going to betray her. So how is this going to develop to where, I mean, <sighs> Well, here's I the thing. He's the leader. Yeah. He's the leader of this club, okay, of, of, of people. The school's aware of it, too. Okay, but they do want someone on the inside to kind of keep tabs on them. And because of this guy, because of Marshall and his ability to sense whether people are lying and sense if they're special, he has been able to kind of weed out the people that they've sent in to keep tabs on his group. He's been able to oh. – do you get what oh. I'm saying? Yeah, no, I love it because then what can happen is is when the school says, hey, this is the this is the group and this is the man who's in charge, she'll be like, oh. That's I what happens. After, after Parker – uh, he has his little psycho deal, okay? Um, they have to gas her in that room. She wakes up yeah. with Ethan. He says, hey, uh, I know what you just saw was traumatic, I, but this yeah. is our school. This is what we do, and I understand you guys. You're probably not going to work with, with our facilities and our faculty members, so here's this group. Go check it out. These are students. These are not these are not faculty members. This is not people. Go check it out. Go join them. See if they can help you, and maybe if you like what you see, and and maybe if you trust us later, come on back in. Because Ethan wants to bring her back in. He wants her to be her teacher, and he and, and he's still this super strict psycho dude. But he had to reveal his thing because of what Parker started to go crazy, and and uh, start started his his effect had to, started uh, kind of blossoming around the school. Interesting. So it's tough because that seems like such a it's a quick transition there, and I feel like there should be something in between them. 
I mean, because one thing happened and they're like, oh, you got us. We're a secret organization and everybody has powers. Like, that's uh, that feels a bit too quick to me. I yeah. like that Parker loses it and they have to pump in distortion. I would really like them to prop her back up in the classroom and have her wake up and be like, man, you okay? You fainted. You maybe oh, had a try and pass it off. Yes, yes. And then, like, I, I mean, because this secret organization is supposed to be against the school, right? Why would the school point to this organization that's against them? Well, it's not going to be against – okay, so here's the issue. The school and – it's not a secret – it's a club. They're right. gonna, they, they believe – they both believe in the same thing. These special people with these abilities need to be directed in a way. But this club goes, look, the school is doing it with drugs and secret societies and all this stuff, and we don't believe in that. We think it should be this way, and they're going to have another doctrine. Okay, but like, what or what? What government organization or anything else has had another group talk about them and go, "Oh yeah, that sounds great, guys. We're going to send you some of our students so you can tell us that we do a bad job at this." There's a lot actually, and I I, I hate to, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I hate to break that one to you, Sarah, but there's uh, the United States government has a lot of those little groups inside militias. Uh, well, the United States government is a huge entity. Of course it does. But that's the, the – the, okay, but we're not going to get into politics on this. My point is, is this is a smaller thing. A school has enough – I mean, and this school is doing stuff covertly. It doesn't want to get out. So it, they, I feel like they would attempt at least to – you know, keep things under wraps and try to pass it off and try to not tell anybody what they're doing unless they have to. Well, then we can have not uh, have not have Ethan. To, maybe they try and, and do this thing and try and stay covert. But some maybe the group approaches her because you said that she, she's back there working with this uh, Marshall dude anyways. Maybe he approaches her after this happens because the glamour has now been lifted. She He understands that she has her power now. Maybe he approaches her. Hey, you know, we have a group. And we understand it's, this is kind of secret underground. We're kind of keeping it away from the college, and we're trying to develop a system to uh, help special people. And maybe he approaches her after the. Well, the... I think I think he knows he has to play it very safe because this is the, and he doesn't know what she does yet. He just knows that she has some sort of power. So okay, here let me paint a scenario for you, right? So maybe he's been treating her like every other makeup artist. He literally doesn't even look at her, and then she walks in after this power's been revealed, and then he kind of double takes at her and goes, huh. And he, you know, and now, and he's always scoping out everybody, right? He knows a big surge of something happened the other night. He didn't know exactly what it was, but he do, does also know that she is different today. So he needs to figure out and get to, to witness this himself or figure out what she can do. Because he is interested in any new special that does pop up because it doesn't happen often. And right. that's what he's here for. That's his driving force is to find someone that does this stuff. So, and this would be a big thing. The portals, the, the teleporting and stuff, those, those require a lot of power, a huge amount right. of power, and that's what he felt. So, okay, so this is the this is the scenario I want to I want to talk to you about. So, I'm going to go back a little bit to the night where she drunkenly is trying to show her friends her powers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she transports into a pool. She transports home. She transports into a pile of goat poo and other various kind of poos, and she ends up having to walk home, and she's just like demoralized. So the next morning she wakes up. She goes, okay, that was a crazy drunken night. I'm just going to pretend. You know, obviously, after talking to Piper and stuff, she wakes up the next morning. She's still kind of hungover, but she's like, I'm going to go to class. On her way to class, she sees the newspaper that her friend Emily typically just loves to, to read because it's ridiculous and silly. And she, she glances at it. You know, her eyeballs hurt because she's super hungover. And she sees on the front page, Goat Woman goes for a swim. And she goes, ugh, and she kind of sighs to herself. But then she, like, notices that it's shimmering a little bit. And she's like, that's weird. So she, she looks back at it for a second. And Goat Woman goes for a swim, morphs into a picture of her climbing out of the um, – either, either out of the barn or out of the pool. And it says, new girl – gets dunked in poo and retreats to dorm room or something about her specifically, but her face isn't really shown. And she goes, what, what the, what the heck it, what? And she goes, wait a second. And then from there she, she goes, no, 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 no. I'm hungover. It's fine. I'm going to class. She goes to class and she's sitting there working with all these students with this harsh teacher. And she looks around and she notices other things shimmering as this one person's pen floats. And she looks at her painting she's been working on for two freaking weeks and it kind of pans in and she can see through the painting to the place she's been, you know, the landscape she's been doing. And she notices the whole class has got weird stuff going on. So she kind of freaks out. 
And that's when she goes out and meets up with Parker and has that whole issue with him. The distortion happens. She either wakes up back in her dorm or whatever, and they try to pass it off. Maybe in the classroom, they say, hey, you know, you passed out. You okay? It looks like you were kind of hungover last night or something like that. You feeling okay? And then they say, why don't you, the teacher is weirdly nice to her. And he says, hey, why don't you go ahead and go back to your dorm and sleep it off? It'll be okay. And she goes, fine. You know what? But this has been a weird day. It's fine. She walks back. She sees that newspaper again with her, her stuff on it. And she goes, this is, this can't, this is ridiculous. So she grabs one of the newspapers and she's going through and she sees each of these pictures changing and morphing in front of her eyes. And she, she just can't believe it. So she goes to the back and, and big print in the middle is this giant ad that says, Hey, can you see this? If you can come find us. And it just says a place and a time. And that's how she discovers this group that like kind of starts saying, hey, we don't like how the school is running things because the school is doing this to you. And they lied to you earlier. We think that there's a better way. Come talk to us if you want to know more. And, you know, and it's just, you know, and that's how she starts discovering this group. And then the school is still thinking it's doing this thing. This group is kind of sub- subversive to the school, but they act like they're part of the school and they're like cool with what the school's doing. So that there's like this kind of push and pull and she starts to have these choices opening up before her. And that'd be that a low key way. That'd be a nice low key way of introducing the editor in the newspaper also and not just flashing it in someone's face. Also, also the uh, and then uh, once she once she gets into contact with oh uh, the editor too is also able to make it so that only certain people can see the stuff through the glamour because he's Faye I've decided he's going to be Faye oh, okay and he he's just there just to gather information because that's what he dabbles in that's his uh, you know his uh, money and his his drug of choice is information and finding secrets and doing stuff so this group approached her the the headed by Marshall. Um, and and put this ad in the paper so that only people, only kids from this school that's not associated, because he glamoured it that way, yeah. and then she's able to see it because she became. And then uh, when she goes in to interview this group or see this group or whatever, everybody gets interviewed that wants to enter this group because there's not many people joining. Because remember, like maybe a one in a thousand get this special ability. Um, uh, Marshall or the ner- interrogator. Um, he interviews everybody that comes through in order to join the group because he gets to tell if they're part of the school. Oh, that they're a interesting, interesting. Okay, so I mean, yeah, so she's gonna walk into this room and see this guy she's normally like doing makeup for, and she's gonna be like, "Wait, I know you," and and that's that's an interesting kind and of. That's how he's gonna find out what her ability is because he's gonna oh, interview her. Okay, okay. I mean, should we have a scene before to where she goes to work before this happens and he kind of looks at her like, whoa, what the hell? And then, like, he sees her later? Or should this be the first time? Or they're doing a play and she's doing his makeup and all of a sudden he's brushing her face and he's looking at her intently. Like, he's never done that before. And we could do a few scenes before that where she's, you know, he's, like, completely not even paying attention to her. And maybe he's kind of in the background. You don't even really notice him. But all of a sudden now... He's intently staring at her because the amount of power – because when these people have power, it looks like wings, and that's what he's going to see is these giant oh, – usually oh, they're going to – because it's the uploaded this. information. So, yeah. So for everybody else, it will be like these weak little wings, but for her, it's going to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going to yeah, be crappy in the microphone yeah. there. <laughs> but anyways, so when, when she gets into this – I think it's going to be in the theater auditorium too where he interviews people. When, you get, when she gets in the theater auditorium, he's going to say, hey, so uh, so you have an ability. You know, I, I noticed the other night because I was, you know, I have, this is my ability. I can sense people. You know, that's why I'm in this club and I run yeah. it. Uh, so uh, tell me, tell me your story. You know, how, uh, you know, obviously you saw a newspaper ad because that's the only reason you'd be here. And yeah. uh, we don't get many people here. So, you know, what happened? What's your story? And then she goes oh. through and tells him and all of a sudden he's perked up. This is my best friend. This, yeah. is, this is where yeah, I want to go. But the problem is, is that, I mean, she's going to go in for answers, but she's probably going to be a little bit wary of just telling this dude she's done makeup on everything that's happened to her so far. I mean, she had to get drunk before she could even show her best friends. So she's going to come in and be like, I I feel like it needs to be a little bit more like, well, I feel one, if he's going to be in the theater, he needs to be more dramatic. He's going to have the lights dimmed and she's going to come in and he's going to be like, who are you and why are you here? And she'll be like, I saw an ad in the paper. And then I mean, he I, might be at a podium and there could be like one or maybe two other people in the crowd, too, or on the in the uh, audience seats. And he's talking to him and, you know, he just gives a full speech like, obviously, you know, you people have had experienced something. You saw my ad and 
and uh, and uh, we will give you times to to interview you one on one and to see if you're you know if you're group material or club material or whatever. Well, okay, so I've got I've got this idea, I've got this image now. Okay. So there's there you come into the auditorium, there are a couple other people there, and the stage is dark and it's very dramatic, and then Parker you know there's could be there. somebody. Say what? Parker could be there. Oh yeah, maybe Parker's there, and she goes, "Oh my God, you you saw it too." So there's a couple people in the auditorium stuff, and there's just one person who was at the door said, "Just sit down, just sit." And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, this this backlighting happens, and you see a dark figure, but you can't see who it is. And he just says, you know, like, "Welcome, you saw what what should not be seen." Something dramatic, because he's in freaking theater, right? But nobody knows who he is yet. Well, this and is so college says, too. We can make it a. Uh... Uh, a kind of a uh, what do you call it when when you when you join a fraternity? Oh geez, they're gonna haze them a little bit. Maybe they maybe they they tell them to get blindfolded first and they line them up and then he has them do a test to make sure that they're powerful enough so that he can even interrogate them. So they can't see him. He says, "I want you to do this crazy thing," and maybe only like her and Parker jump forward onto what he says is broken glass because that's a typical hazing nonsense thing. Anyway, so. Only her and Parker go through this weird thing, and he they get ushered into another room still blindfolded, right? And then um, they the blindfolds get ripped off, and there's still a dark silhouette. And then all of a sudden, he steps forward, and she goes, wait a second, you? And he goes, yeah, hey, how's it going? Um, <laughs> and it's just dramatic, you know, because he doesn't want to reveal his identity as the leader of this group. Right. You don't do that right off the get-go. Well, he might you not know? He might not ever. Maybe maybe we'll have a shadowy figure. Who knows? You know, right. That's well, still a good idea. The editor idea. should stay in the shadows for as long as possible because he is about the information. So he doesn't want people to know who he is because he is the one who knows things. Well, he's you know also I mean? got his, his – his, this whole thing he started, this whole group and everything else, he's putting on a front. He's got a – you know. A front reason. Oh, it's it's because the school's like this. But his real backhand reasons, everything he does, is for this moment right now to find this person, and it's culminated into this. This right. is the culmination of his of his endeavors to find a way back to the Fey realm. At least he right. believes that. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So I think, I mean, as the leader of this group, he is the one that everybody trusts and everybody relies on. And maybe she starts going through different scenarios with this group and she, uh, you know, over time is trusting the school less and less. Uh, and, you know, and she trusts him not in like a close friend kind of way. But as a leader of the group way. But as a leader, as someone to turn to, because he has, he is a leader. So she, last minute, whatever crazy scenarios happen, somebody's been kidnapped or something terrible has happened. And she goes to him, she's like, I don't know who to turn to. My friend Piper has, has completely turned on me. I can't find the editor. My boyfriend is gone. And now I can't even get a hold of my parents. I don't know what's happening. And he goes, I know what can help you. And he takes her into this other room and he says, okay, I know that your power has been developing, but there is a way for you to solve all of these issues. There's a way for you to get the help you need. Now I need you to do this. And then to try to get her to transport into this other, you know, place. Yeah. Think of something fantastical. Think of, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Cause and, and it's, it's like the scene for her. And, and let's, let's hang on one second. I like I like where you're going with this, but this is we've got to we've got to drag this out too because these are going to be things that are going to happen because this is giving us scenario preferences in order to stay in this group or to go through this group. Maybe they get hazed a couple times more. Maybe they get put through certain scenarios to see if they're group material. And but it's also for this guy to to find out the extent of these people's abilities and also if since um, he's very manipulative, he wants to know their personal background so that because think about this. He knows something bad happened over there in the fairy realm. Maybe he's not looking for just a way to get over there because his abilities is just sensing. Maybe he's, he's also looking army. for an army. Ah, so he's, he should – instead of hazing them, he should train them. He should say, hey, this group is entirely here to help you develop your powers because we know the school just wants to control you, but we want you to be the best you can be. Because the more and control he, you have, the better you are, and you're not going to hurt somebody. But in reality, right. he's training an army to storm the fey realm. Uh-huh. And he's the leader and the leader gets the respect and the leader gets the, the you know, makes the orders that people follow without question. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Oh, OK. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, and this ties in uh, 
a little bit to that final scene when he's describing this to her and she has to kind of draw, you know what I mean? So the reason um, I talked before about not wanting her to get rid of this drawing aspect, because um, sometimes, because I think as her power develops, she may be able to go to places that only other people have seen if they describe it or, and they put the emotion they have attached to it and she can accurately depict it because I think that's a huge part, right? Is that emotional attachment to a place? It is. So, thinking is is she maybe gets she has to hold that person or something maybe she has to she has to be no, with no, that listen, person listen, listen, okay, no, ahead, yes, hold, hold on i've got it i've got it <laughs> okay so instead of a pen and paper or whatever implements she uh, develops this ability to kind of almost uh to use her hands and um it's a lot more magical than it sounds right now but say you have this mountainside um and okay so have you ever seen somebody kind of brush away sand off a table yes. and how it just kind of like pushes out of the way and just kind of scatters across it i want her to do that in these in color in the air in front of her. So she kind of either closes her eyes as, the, as she pictures it in her mind and she brushes away the air in front of her to reveal this image that she can then activate. And it's only there for a brief moment. It's not like she's literally painting this picture. It's made out of light almost. And this light is, um, you know, like I said on the a second ago about that mountainside, she does a couple of the mountains and the, the cabin where it's at with a couple of hand movements that are very similar to like, um, pushing it into sand or clay or whatever else. Maybe Japanese uh, strokes. Right. And so the the idea is uh, is that she's creating this image um, and that emotion and the magic comes out. And she can do it very quickly. She doesn't have to do every tiny line for the cabin logs. She can almost brush it away from the air and the picture sits there for a quick moment. And then she opens her eyes and she can go there. And she steps um, through it, yeah. Yeah, so it's not it's not quite life size, but instead of ripping the drawing, she's got her eyes closed while she's doing it, and then she opens them and she shatters the image in midair. But she's doing it mentally, but it just happens yeah. to be happening in front of her. Yeah, and then from the only a, people a, who have yeah. activated this and had the glamour ripped away can see what she's doing. Yes, exactly. So it's not visible to everyone. To most people, it just looks like she's I don't know. Do you remember how they used to say casting a spell was no no slower slower like you're casting a spell, Trevor. Like like wave your hand through the air, nice and slow, and wipe it away. So they she looks like she's literally conducting an orchestra or casting a spell like an old timey witch. So the thing is, is people who can see this, like the interrogator, he's he just describing it to her. She's drawing it, and he goes, no, 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 a little bit more of this, and she corrects it. And it takes longer for her to do it because it's not her mind, right? So he has to be very, very detailed and connected and emotional, and she has to be in tune with him. And then she can literally create this image, and he goes, yes, that's it. And then she opens her eyes and he goes, finally, you know, and I feel like this segue will be freaking amazing because it'll be a bright light and he'll be like, finally, dot, 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 I'm home. And she'll go, wait, what? That'll be and the then end of the second book, by the way, because they're going to go through I a whole bunch of trials where they're going to mess up or stuff's going to happen or it oh, just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely jumping way far ahead. But no, yeah, I just, no, that's what we need. It's OK. That's good. So I and she won't get to that point for a long time. I feel like that should be the culminating moment to where she actually is able to do it correctly whereas before then it's just like little tiny traces of light are not very well done but in that moment she can concentrate enough that you see this amazing picture done in light in the air in front of her and he goes yes and and that's how it it segues so that's perfect because that'll be a good that'll be a good second book too because the first book's going to be like her origin story and him going her going through this stuff and the parker and everything the second book will be joining this group and going through these things and, and maybe you know going through this this these moments with uh with marshall and the interrogator and and trying to figure out how to get back there and at the end of this the culmination of the second book they get back there or they create the portal because she's got to create something that she can pass everybody through too because remember he wants to pull an army in there so maybe maybe he tries to develop her more before before she they they yes okay so before they do before he gets her to do this and start working on the trans-dimensional portal he gets Mm -hmm. her to make a portal that people can actually walk through and that's this ability that you're talking about here is painting in the air. It's actually making a portal for people to go through. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll have to work work that in because then we have to have a different scenario for why she's creating it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 
Because we want her, the editor's telling her to think for herself, and this guy's telling her to follow his his uh, uh, orders. So she's got these two opposing people. This guy is saying, you know, think for yourself, and the other guy's saying, don't think, do what I say. Yeah. And meanwhile, the school's just sitting back there going, like, everybody be safe. Please don't hurt each other. And it's just, and you know. Well, I'm also thinking, cause, because, uh, because the interrogator has such sway over certain things or is able to manipulate in certain ways, and the school's not too aware of him. He's, they're aware of the group, I think. But yeah. not of him. Um, yeah. I think what's going to happen is he's going to kind of frame the school in bad lights. The school does have good intentions. I think. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately they, you know, they may have to destroy a person here or there, but only because they are so dangerous. They can't. You know, they don't need to be out right. in public, and they're forced to do it. Piper's right. forced to do those things. Um, but I think it's going to those those situations are going to arise because he was manipulating people to get people to, to get their abilities stronger or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe the school is literally just humanity's version of trying to keep the world safe from and yeah. keep these people safe. Men in black. So, so the school represents humanity. The editor represents this neutral kind of observation station from the Fey realm on humanity and the war between angels and demons. And then this guy has a personal vendetta to get back to the Fey realms at any cost whatsoever. So, I, dude, I like it. <laughs> it's, ooh, yeah. It's an intense, it is super intense right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. So that means we need to develop several characters within this group. We need to develop the group. We're gonna right. need people who who are gonna have either certain offensive abilities and defensive abilities. So maybe he's developed a full kind of tactical group so maybe it's small maybe it's like five six seven eight people yeah yeah because i think i think he knows that if he goes in with a full full army there's no way he could actually stand up to the fey i mean he he's seen what tatiana can do and his only point of reference is is her and she was freaking you know so powerful she could do anything and it's so maybe it's an extraction team he wants to go in and save her that's his ultimate goal Yeah, maybe maybe he thinks that she's like imprisoned, and that's his his memory is distorted enough to think that Oberon has her prisoner, and he's gonna go save his mama, yeah. which you know, and just kind of develops into this adult. Oof. So and he so, goes there and he saves her, and he thinks, so we're gonna save Tatiana, and then we're gonna go to the other side of the planet since these fairies are only hand sized. We're all gonna be hand sized. This planet's right. gonna be huge. We can go start our own little whatever. Oh gosh so disillusioned and he's just he's got this whole fantasy in his mind of what will happen yep oh and, no and, and he'll be like he's gonna get shattered wedding? when he gets there and he finds out either they're back together or, or whatever and he's gonna be well, that's right so no she can't be back together yet because she's still a raven that's watching over um oh, she's not even gonna be there well so that's what i was i wanted to talk to you about because she pops up occasionally because she's watching over addison and her family right yeah so she's she'll occasionally pop in as a raven so it could either be just a small bit of comedic relief or easter egg material for at one point um addison to use her power or something to happen to where tatiana shows up as a raven and uh tatiana kind of looks at at uh wait is it marshall the interrogator the interrogator for now marshall sounds like a good name so Okay, and she she looks at him, and she goes like, huh, and she, like, recognizes him, but either, you know, and I'm curious if it's a, the kind of interaction where it's not important to where he'll just be like, oh, what an ugly bird, yep. or if or if she'll, like, if something else will happen. You or know maybe what I mean? something will pass between them, recognition both ways. I know you, but then it'll pass so quickly that he won't, he won't yeah. be able to grasp on that moment. Like, he'll know that it's not an ordinary raven, but he won't think of it as anything other than that. And she won't care because, oh, it was one of my old children. He probably just grew up this way, whatever. And she didn't think and, until, and, you know, and she's not showing up enough in Addison's life to really see what he's doing. So. That's, I mean, and that'll be, oh, man. Okay, so check this out. They get to the other world. He's got his little extraction team. And he's going in to save his mama. He fights his way through these fairies. And maybe when they cross this barrier, they all get put down to their size. Or maybe they're big, you know, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to work those out. Maybe he knows they have to get, or maybe because of the transition between the worlds, they get shrunk down. Or maybe that world's just that big. Or yeah. No, I, I like the them all being equal sized when so they do get I. So they're going to yeah. fight their way into the castle. They're going to fight their way through everything, and it's going to be haggard and bad and whatever. And his his whole thought is that we're going to use uh, the uh, Addison's power to get away from everything and get to the you know to another portion and then run away and, and, and live on our own and create this conclave or whatever. It's his dream, his fantasy. And he's yeah. going to get into his old nursery, and he's going to run around 
Tatiana, Mom, where are you? Da da da, and look for stuff. And Oberon's gonna walk in with this grin. I kicked her out to. Uh... Oops, sorry. <laughs> I kicked her to Earth centuries ago, boy. What are you doing oh. here? And he's gonna sit there and go like, and he's just gonna lose it, you know. Dude. And then he's gonna say, "You were just a plaything for her. You were a puppy. She's not gonna remember you." You know, it just lays and crashes this guy's reality and hopes and dreams down to nothing. I mean, just grinds because right now, after that, he's there for nothing. There is nothing there except for food, you know, yay, but everything else that he is. Yeah. No, I kind of want this to be – I mean, I don't know if you have plans for him in the future, but I kind of want him that to be his – This is going to make him from misunderstood villain that wants to just do something at any cost to I hate everyone and everything. There is now nothing for me to live for. So I'm going to destroy everything. So maybe he's going to be the one that calls because they're overall in this whole story, not story arc, but maybe this whole story, one of the ancient races is going to come down. And, and maybe uh, this dude, because of how he can step out of the magic or because of his interactions with it, the ancient's going to contact him and use him as an emissary. So I think I think he should set it up to where it looks like he gets killed. He does it for real, but I think he should be in the room with Oberon. His whole team has either died or retreated. Addison is somewhere safe, but they just got kind of brutalized. But he got all the way through to the nursery, and he's frantic, and he's just like, I can still do it. And Oberon saunters in, and he literally can't do anything. And he goes to this spiel of, like, you don't know what happens to children, do you? You would have been sent back anyway. Tatiana didn't even remember you by the end. She didn't care. And, you know, and then he charges him frantically, like his face just contorting into like rage. And Oberon just sweeps him aside and just either like stabs him or just cracks his head against a window. And he just lies there bleeding out. And you just think that's how he died. Oberon has has uh, these fairies can open up these portals. OK, and in order to open up a portal to a certain point, you have to concentrate and set things up. But if you just open a portal randomly, you get sent out anywhere. Oh, so no. maybe Oberon smacks him to the side, opens a portal, sends him through it, not even thinking about it. I'm going to send him to some other dimension. I don't even know where I'm sending him. I don't even give two sh- I don't care where he goes. Yeah. yeah. Okay? He's already stormed in here to kill my people. You know, wherever he goes, he deserves it. You know, I have no yeah. care. He sends him to this ancient Oh, yeah. And this and ancient just... takes him oh, yes. and he tells him about the fairies, the earth and everything else because he wants to – he – you know, he's been twisted and destroyed and now he's going to have the power to come back. And and he'll say, no, I got sent back to earth. But really he's been over over and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, crazy. Dude, that's land. awesome. Yes. So he gets swept off. I love this. I love this image of Oberon just – sweeping him off with disdain and then looking around at like the blood and stuff and saying, clean this up. And then it just, just walking on. out. Yeah. Don't yeah. even care. Walk out. Yeah. Oh God. And then we can have like, you know, eventually we'll have a, a cut scene essentially, you know, cause the, the story will continue from there and we'll just think that this dude died horribly. Yeah. And then eventually we'll have this, this scene on this other dark blackened planet or area or something. And this just monstrous mind bending monster rises out of the, ashes and looks down at this battered man who's crying like a small child like snot coming out of his nose and he doesn't go insane because of his ability to step outside the magic and he just looks up and he just you know he's broken so right now he's just sobbing and crying and doesn't even realize and this monster comes over and just starts oh god like what do you why are you here what do you want or whatever and he can look this thing, these things are ancient and all-powerful, godlike. He could have scanned yeah. this guy's memories; it would have been nothing to him. Terabytes of information, he could go through that in milliseconds. He scanned yeah. him and automatically knows everything about this guy and realizes potentially what's going on out there. Because maybe he's been looking for this planet and this thing that's been, and maybe this place has been hidden by the ancient that created it. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, I like this idea. He's just weeping on the ground and he's bloody and broken and this monstrous thing comes forward and it just says you'll do and that's all you get <laughs> oh that's crazy oh i love it oh <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh man oh yes, yes, yes. man with so many spoilers so much so <laughs> man do do not listen right now if you do not want to know Way too far ahead of the book. We don't even have like the rest of the storyline, and we've already jumped to like book five. Jeez, this isn't man. even 
this is this is like this is like another uh, this is like ten story arcs down the road. I mean, because he's gonna come <laughs> back and do stuff. It's gonna take a while for this ancient to get here, or I don't right. know. Maybe he's got stuff he wants to prepare. Who knows? I know, I know. And I feel like he, you know, the one guy should either be invaded. He, um, he has to break through the should... barrier or, or find wherever this place is. He right. can send the human back because he's been accepted by this thing already. But what? this ancient can't do it immediately. It's going to take him years right. to get there. Right. In other words, several story arcs later, this is going to culminate to this thing. And he's oh going to be an emissary God. and he's going to collect people to uh, okay. to start like a, I don't know, but it's this is sick. Dude, that's that's uh, legit. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. Okay, so holy moly. Um, <laughs> there's like so much information anymore. My brain is getting a little bit full. Yeah, yeah. I'm, in, in fact, I'm gonna have to start uh, writing on this here soon. I'm gonna have to have stuff to start getting put down, or else I'm gonna get kind of lost in all this. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, I'm uh, in the series of events that like lead Addison through this that I mean definitely need to be extended a little bit. So there needs to be yeah. some filler in between everything. And then um, you know, I wanna I wanna I think see we some... need to work on either the it, uh, okay. So there's this point where he is developing her power. He wants yeah. to develop in this way to make a portal, and he also wants yeah. to develop it later to make it to the Fey Realm. So we've got it. He knows because he's been exposed or he's been doing this for for a while. Right. He knows he needs to do certain things, just like the school knows. I mean, I like the idea of this guy essentially scaring these talented these these uh, uh wait what did you call them not talented kids Specials. but um, yeah the the special kids I I so he. What is the best way to enforce a military like, um, not regime, but control? Like, what what is the most motivating thing for people to say, yes, tell me what to do and I'll do it? Okay, like, in basic training, you break people. Yeah. You 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 break people down. You put them through situations again and again where they have to come together, and the only way to get through these situations is to come together. Trust your drill sergeant and trust your teammate. Right. And you develop such a, a camaraderie that anything else looks not real in comparison. They're your, they become your family. They become your brothers. They become, they become extensions of yourself. So in yeah. this sense, what I'm saying is, is they need to go through maybe, – maybe they, these practices to get their, their powers better are going to be grueling. Because they have to be, and they and, and in order maybe on weekends they have you know hey weekend getaways, but in reality they go almost it's almost like a boot camp every every one week in a month, and it's and. But the so the the thing is is there's there's a a problem you have you have an art student who's not particularly physically active. Art students, these are all. I mean, this is an art school. So wait, this is an art school. I mean. I... I thought it was a general college, which is why there was a psychology major. So there's the, the humanities, which covers music, psychology, teaching, and art. And those are grouped on one side of campus, and on the other side of campus is more mathematically inclined, business inclined, engineering, that kind of thing. So general university. I mean, but yeah. schools can be big enough that the art section of a full university can be huge okay. and kind of, like, inclusive. What I'm What I'm getting at here is that the – Using the uh, the artistic part of your brain and the creative side of your brain is what activates the the neurons inside the thing, and it has a higher chance of, of basically developing uh, a path to activate your your path to accessing the mother or the the magic. Okay, so th th just I'm just saying, statistically, anybody can do it, but these artists, these this art group, people using this part of their brain, have a higher statistic chance. The school knows that. Just by running around with these people, and, and you know, and that's why they're more set up in this section versus the doctor section. So they've got a special art program that is only the elite or whatever, and that's what these kids are. So for this for this military group, I think what you have to do is because nobody joins a military group for fun. So what I think you have to do is this guy has to establish a level of fear of saying, you're gifted, but there are bigger, more horrible things out there. Let me tell you about them and get you prepared for them. The school doesn't know about them. They just want you to be regulated, and you won't have the ability to fight back. Or the school and does know about them, but they don't want to tell you. Exactly, exactly. And I think that the students that he's gathered to him have either had an experience or have lost someone, and it has caused them to be completely... Uh, they, they have to have some sort of shared experience that makes them not only want to join this group... But to want be willing to fight 
to save it against whatever is out there. Yeah, make them they feel like they're 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 X Men or heroes. Are we yeah, exactly? We're, we're... I mean, you could literally put a little joke in there too and be like, "I am kind of like an X Men." Yeah. You know, just be, just I don't know if you can I'll, do that. I mean, well, think advice, about but... it. Uh, these all these creative people, they all I'm sure have seen comics and 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 heroes and stuff i mean right. and they've given the chance to think that they were a, an x-men or some other hero or something yeah. I, I i'd probably say nine ten, nine times out of ten somebody's gonna jump at that chance and that's what this dude's looking for right but the problem is is i don't think addison's like that maybe she exactly. just I, I don't think she is that kind of person she just no. wants to do her art she exactly she, she wants to go on with her life and not be in this kind of stuff but maybe because of certain events or something Maybe she realized she does need a certain modicum of control, or maybe she wants to use it better, and she doesn't think it's the school way of – or maybe she experienced what she's experienced with the school is exactly the way of control she wants. Well, I don't think – I think I think especially with her involvement with the editor, she's going to get this idea of I'm going to take what I need out of these different situations, but I'm going to make my own decisions and not let anyone control me. But – think that something should drive her to it so we talked before or you i heard in your previous podcast about piper you know murdering anybody who maybe gets in the way so i was thinking about a scenario to where we kind of see either we don't see piper do it or or we do but piper murders somebody who gets in the way of her and addison well she can control sand and molten glass so she might be able to do it in a way that you can't tell it's piper maybe she molds sand into an armor around her, or maybe she can use the sand and actually make it look like she's somebody else like build up makeup on her face well no okay so what i'm what i'm getting at here is perhaps a detective shows up or somebody else shows up and they start investigating things that are going on and then piper seeing them as a threat lures them out onto the beach and then murders them. And so what happens is, is that um, Addison finds out that this person she had just been talking to has been brutally murdered in a way that she knows is by someone special. A and freelance that writer for the editor. Oh, yes. And then she gets scared enough that she goes to this group and says, I need to at least learn self-defense. I don't believe in this militant stuff you're doing, but I need to know how to protect myself and develop my powers so I can protect my friends. Because my friends are scared. I'm scared. And so this scenario happens that makes her not buy in completely, but buy in enough that the interrogator can put a little bit of a hook into her. Okay, so we need to develop Piper then. She definitely works for the school. This freelance writer, okay, because I'm going to have people the, – the editor is going to be a face. So he's going to be fairly powerful on his own. He knows how to do magic, and he's swimming in it, okay? But he hires – he doesn't like to go out and do this stuff on his own. He just wants to edit stories, so he hires freelance specials who can do things to write these stories and take pictures. So some of them, maybe they can spirit walk and they can leave their body. Or some of them yeah, can... I love that. Yes, do the spirit walk one because he can see people's dreams. And maybe he sees something in either Piper's dream or Addison's dream that he goes, wait a second. Oh, yeah. Piper catches on and kills him before... Maybe maybe he, he's scheduling a meeting with the editor because he's secretive or whatever he is. No, no, no. Have him schedule a meeting with Piper and be like, hey, you're friends with this girl, right? There's certain interesting things about her I'd really like to know. And Piper goes, oh, shit, this guy can't find out about her because, you know, he'll get in the way of my organization. I don't know who he is. But, I mean, it has to be something that she feels threatened by. It can't just be... I, I, I think, I think he, him exposing her would be even better because she's bad. Yeah, yeah. I think him I think exposing so. her, maybe maybe she finds out he's investigating her. Yeah, and she and he's going to blow her cover to Addison. And he doesn't know the extent of her powers, but he does know that there's an undercurrent of something there. And he, maybe he knows she works for the school or she's a plant. And he goes, I know what you are. And she goes, oh, really? Well, let's discuss it. I'll give you an interview. And then she takes him out to a beach, and she, like, holds some sand as it falls from her hand. And she says, you know what's really beautiful about sand? <laughs> and then it just rises up and just melts him to nothing. I, oh, man. That scene's going to be I, – I cannot wait to start writing this and then seeing it through your art and seeing the stuff getting developed. I think it's going to be so awesome. <laughs> the issue I'm having is I want to, I, I'm having such a hard time doing it in sequence because I keep wanting to jump around to these really dramatic scenes because they're just so gripping and fantastic. <laughs> so I have to like force myself to sit down and continue with the same scene, even though I want to do some face melting with Piper. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll do stuff like in the mid these little. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I know well, we I, need. I think I will. I think I, I am going to do little scenes because they just come out so well when you're in the moment on them, and they'll they'll be great to for people to see too. So you can put pictures up with your podcast about some of these scenarios. I think that could be fun for people to see what it might look like. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'd like to discuss. Uh, okay, let's because this 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 uh, reporter and Piper and Emily. I don't think Emily's gonna see it because she can't find out about Piper, but she is gonna be friends with this reporter, and he's gonna find out either end up dead or something's gonna happen, and she's gonna know that he died in in some some way related to the special stuff. He knows. Wait, Emily is going to be friends with the no, reporter? No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Addison, my bad. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, Emily's getting a bigger part right now. I got it, I got it. Or it could be. Why not Emily reads the thing? Maybe she is friends with one of the reporters. Because I can't have – I mean, Addison's got all these people already, and Emily does need some interaction with stuff. And she, she tells Addison yeah. about this. She goes, oh, my gosh, my favorite reporter for this thing just got killed in this way. I'm I'm so distraught right now. And right, because she does love the Inquirer. She does love that fake newspaper. And maybe she was, you know, she was. And she's telling Piper and Addison about this stuff because he was interviewing her because her connection to Piper. Yeah, yeah. So, OK, maybe that's maybe that's how Addison finds out. And she realizes that, you know, somebody is killing so something bad is happening in regards to these specials. And, you know, maybe she just recently had an interaction with this group that was like, come fight with us. We'll teach you what you need to know. We'll, we'll develop your power so you can protect yourselves. And she's like, guys, I'm good. I'm just an art student. I'm just going to go do art. And then the next day, this guy gets murdered or the very recent, you know, close after this guy gets murdered. And she goes, oh, my God, maybe maybe I, she looks at her friends and she goes, maybe I need to protect the people around Emily's me. boyfriend. Because if he gets killed, oh, she's going to be distraught, and, and, and Addison's going to want to protect her. Oh, so devastating. That would be perfect. And that would bring Emily – I mean she wouldn't have to know all about the specials, but maybe she might have – that's why she looks at this newspaper all the time because her boyfriend because writes this stuff. Because that's her boyfriend, and she you know, is supporting him, and she loves the ridiculousness of it. Because I really like this human element. We have so many supernatural elements. I feel it's really important to have this element. So, and then I think Emily should eventually have, you know, obviously a bigger role. She should find out more and come to help her friend, regardless of the fact that she has no powers. You know what I mean? She'll be our so, Lois Lane. Yeah, we got to We got to represent the human race. Heck yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I like that. So, and and you know, I don't think she's gonna be brought in on this, and not for a long time at least. But her boyfriend, a spirit walker, he can separate out of his body and he can follow people spiritually. Or he can go inside their dreams and see maybe 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 he can't see their dreams like like physically, but he can definitely get impressions of certain things. So he gets an impression from Piper that really scares him because he's in proximity due to Emily. He's in proximity to Piper. Well, okay, so maybe because I like that. I'm trying to think because like remember I told you before about how um, Addison sees this thing in the paper that's like goat girl and that transforms into the story about her and the pool and, and the poo and everything. Yes. Maybe he's the one who wrote that. And, um, and then, oh gosh, and, yeah, it's cause tough. he could be following her around at night, you know, cause Emily's not with her boyfriend at that time. Right. But I mean, like maybe because he's dating Emily, he hangs out with him anyway. But I mean, I've, uh, I'm not sure if I like that angle of him following her. There's too many people who are following her around. She's going to have a crowd at this point. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like why Emily should be part of this thing. Well, I think, I think the editor has picked up on her. This group has picked up on her. The school's picked up on her. Maybe the editor just says to this guy, like, hey, go investigate this girl some more for me. I want some more information on what's going on. And so he goes, hey, I want to approach it directly because that's weird. And I mean, he's just alone in the room with Piper. And he's like, hey, Piper, you know, there's some stuff going on around here involving Addison. Oh, I'm just going to ask you some general questions. And then uh, maybe a, a scenario happens to where Piper reveals herself as being special or something, and he walks in on her doing something nefarious. Like Piper's going through Addison's stuff, or she's manipulating glass or something. Uh, maybe not manipulating glass, because that would tip him off to how he's going to die. So I, I think there should be a classic scene of him walking in on Piper doing something nefarious. Piper goes, oh, <laughs> you know, she's my best friend. I'm just looking out for her. But, you know, you have been asking me for an interview lately, so maybe we should go somewhere and I'll, I'll tell you everything that I know. And that and that leads to them going to that beach area or something, you know. I see, maybe yeah, and I can see it at, at, at night, too, because I can see, like, the moon yeah. coming down over the water, and they're standing over there, and they have this little scene, and then he, she just. Yeah, 
Yeah, awfully, awfully. So, I mean, yeah, so I think he should be, maybe he's asked her a couple times. She's like, dude, no, I don't do that in her very mousy, quiet, shy way. Like, she, she's like, no, 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 I, I wouldn't do the no, no, no. And then something happens to where he walks into the room looking for Addison, but he sees Piper, and Piper is doing something, I either looking through her stuff, or she's on the phone. Oh, she's on the phone with somebody, and she's like, yes, I've been following her all day. Uh, yeah, I found out where she went. She transported this way. Yes, and then she gets off the phone, turns around, and she sees him there and she goes, oh, did you, uh, you know, I was thinking that I would give you that interview. I've been thinking about it and I think it's a good idea. Let's go ahead and go now. And then he goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. But then she grabs his arm and weirdly, she is very strong for a small person. And he goes, you know, what? what's the harm? What is she going to do to me? She's like four foot nothing. I'll just get the story and I'll go. Yes. And then, and then they go and they go to this, this, I mean, she drives him to a beach. I mean, it has to be somewhere close enough that he doesn't feel nervous, you know, because somebody takes an hour to drive you into the backwoods. You're going to be like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not comfortable with this. So it has to be kind of close. Well, I mean, she's a glass worker. She has a, a facility where she does glass. Maybe she wants to do it. Uh, oh, yeah. So maybe they go into her glass working facility she says, at night. From my class, give me. I just gotta finish this. I gotta grab something from my glass one class, and I'll talk to you all on the way. Okay. And since and they he, have a furnace and a ways to dispose ooh. of the body, and he's talking to her, and then from behind him, all the glass flows out of the kiln yeah. and floating in the air. And she goes, you know, I think this was good for you. Bye. And it just like encompasses him and drags him back into the kiln. Well, I mean, it has to have him like back. getting dragged into a fiery kiln. Well, Oh, God. And she just keeps on working. She just, oh. But so the thing is, it has to leave bodies or bones or something for them to find enough to scare Addison into going to this group. So maybe she takes the bones and, and scatters them somewhere else. Where... No, we've got to find, okay, so he's a reporter, uh, notepad, a special pen that Emily gave him. And Emily Ooh. finds it in a way because we can't we can't link it back to Piper just yet. So Emily finds it in a way that she knows something's wrong. She can't get a hold of him and he's gone. Yeah, and so they they um, okay yeah. So he goes missing, and nobody can find him, and nobody knows what's going on. So maybe on later on, Emily finds maybe some bone fragments in the sand kiln, and I realizes think that's when it's Piper. Get revealed. Yeah, I think Piper should be revealed at that point. Um, but Ad know, Addison came, comes in and saves Emily before Piper. Yes, can kill yes, and yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it, dude. Yes. Because <laughs> oh, this could frame the uh, the facility as bad in her mind too, because of the actions yeah. of Piper. Even though she's just kind of, you know, working for them, he, she doesn't really represent them. Uh, yeah, I would like Piper to be because maybe they're just as bought into this persona that she has. Um, as everybody else's is this mice, mousy kind of quiet one. And they know she has powers and they know she does stuff, but maybe she's never really, you know, shown how sadistic she is. I'd like to, I'd like Piper to have another motive, maybe besides the school. I'd like her to be something. I'd like her to have another motive. Well, um, like she, unfortunately, yeah. that's gonna have to be wait for the next podcast. <laughs> We're gonna develop Piper and uh, Emily's boyfriend. And that will be uh, if if you want, we'll save that uh, that discussion for the uh, for the next podcast. All right, this has been Sarah Sutton. I am the illustrator for the Malachi series, and you can find my artwork uh, on Instagram at Sarah and Dipitus. That's Sarah S A R A H underscore and underscore Dipitus D I P I T O U S. So come check out my artwork. And keep listening to Stoic Tales. You have been listening to Story Arc. I'm Trevor Sutton. If you like my show and want to hear more, check out Stoic Tales 2018 at podbean.com and subscribe. Please comment and be part of the show and leave reviews on iTunes. Thanks.